In today's episode, we talk about facts over emotions, the concept that emotions have gotten in the way of our goals and they continue to get in the way. And if we do not start looking at things in a much more factual way into what we actually need, our bodies need, our schedules need, our routines need, we are going to stay stuck in our emotions in the place that we don't want to be anymore. So it's time to start looking at the facts. You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators and this is The Food Code. Happy Friday, friends. Yes. Friday, Friday, the end of my quarantine with my family. Yes. End of Marcus's quarantine as well. Well, technically his quarantine was done last Sunday, if we're going by the CDC guidelines. But for school, it was obviously longer. So end of quarantine, so he can go back to school this coming Monday after six weeks. We kept Carson home, but... Carson never got it. I think Carson at some point, I think, had it. I don't think he tested positive, but I think he had it when Nick had it. That's what we're determining because, I mean, like I've tried to quarantine, but it is so hard to quarantine from a three-year-old. Yeah. It's just like, it is. So. And take care of your babies. I mean, there's really no other option. I mean, you can do your best to distance and stuff like that, but, you know, it's like our pediatrician said, she's like, you can wear a mask if you want to wear a mask, but otherwise you have to take care of your kids. You can't just let them fend for themselves. Yeah, exactly. So we've, we've done our best and now everyone in our household, I believe has had it. So. Well, I am we just natural immunity going on. <laughs> very happy that you turned a corner because I was a little worried last weekend. <laughs> I know I was, I mean, I'll say the first two days were rough and I think the worst, what screwed me is that I was sick for like three weeks on and off right before I got it. Mm-hmm. And so my immune system was probably just like, well, screw you. I'm super depleted. So I think it hit me a little harder, but that's okay. I had yeah. a fever for two days, aches, chills. That was kind of miserable. Um, and then, it, you know, Sunday was mostly better and the past couple of days have been pretty much back to normal. So other yeah. than my coughing attacks. So hopefully I don't have a coughing attack during one of the podcasts. <laughs> Oh, man. So I was listening to a podcast this morning about the gut microbiome connection um, and just cognitive health, immune health. And they were actually sharing some fun facts that with COVID, they have seen, obviously, the gut plays a huge role because 70% Mm -hmm. of your immune system is in your gut. But they were saying for people who are on a PPI, if you take it once a day, you are twice as likely to get COVID. If you take PPI twice a day, you're four times as likely to get COVID. I was like, very, very interesting. It was a great doctor. I'll have to maybe link it out in the show notes. It was on Dr. Aviva Ram's podcast. Um, and really, really cool stuff that they were sharing just now that we've, you know, been in this a couple more years and they've got some more research and, you know, things that they can tie to Mm -hmm. COVID and connections and such and medications. So yeah, that was, I mean, not a fun fact, but very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. I have a funny story. I told Liz this, but Monday, Nick watched Carson because it was MLK day and he had the day off from work and I stayed at home with Taylor and they went to um, 
this like little play cafe and then they went to McDonald's what Carson calls old McDonald's and on the way home Nick called and he was like guess how many chicken nuggets Carson ate and I was like I'm I don't know and he was like 14 and I was like okay first of all you need to be the adult in this situation and not like his cheerleader to see how many chicken nuggets our child can eat in a sitting okay he's three years old he should not be eating 14 chicken nuggets from McDonald's to the sitting. And he was like, I mean, we ran out of chicken nuggets. He ate his Appy meal and I bought six more because he still wanted some. And I didn't think he was going to eat them all. And or he bought, um, yeah, he bought, I think, six more. And he got some or a 10 piece or something. And then he ran out and he's like, I think he would have kept going if I would have kept buying them for him. And I, he was like, I was really impressed. And I was like, I'm not impressed with your parenting right now. Okay. I'm very upset that you allowed this to happen. <laughs> So funny. I feel dads sometimes just don't really think. Art does think about for sure with sugar and juice. Like Marcus had pineapple juice last weekend and he wanted more. And Art was like, absolutely not. And then we got home and Marcus was bouncing off the walls for like two hours. And I'm like, damn, this is why we don't give you juice very often. Um, mm-hmm. But we had gone to the inflatables place on Sunday and we wanted to stop at a uh, restaurant on the way home. And we had an appetizer and stuff. And the lady's like, would he like anything to drink? And normally I always get him just like water or he loves club soda because he likes sparkling water. But she said we have, you know, orange juice, cranberry juice, pineapple juice. And I was like, oh, we can get some pineapple juice. You know, he just exerted all of this energy. Poor decision because it was in the afternoon and he was not wanting to go down <laughs> to his usual bedtime because he was just wired running around the house like crazy. Oh, so, yes, sometimes we... Don't think about, you know, the things, you know, with the kids and how much that impacts them. So Nick, if you're listening to this podcast or you see it on Instagram, somebody's tagged you. (laughs) 14. That's pretty. I mean, all right. I got to I got to side with Nick on the fact that it's pretty impressive that Carson took down 14. But I also side with you on the same way of like, you got to put a kibosh to what he's eating. Right. The quality of that food. So, yes, Yes. he cannot. And he he cannot make those decisions for himself at this age. Nick Correct. needs to make those for him. His emotions were driving him. And the fact is yes. he should not have had 14 chicken nuggets. So let's dive into today's Friday Fire. We are talking about facts versus emotions. And I think this is going to be a really, really good one because we see it a lot in today's society, right? A lot of things, as we talked about in a couple episodes ago, 80% of our food choices are driven by emotion. And so a lot of decisions I believe that we make are rationalizations. They're stories we tell ourselves. They are from an emotional state. And at the end of the day, guys, emotions are just a state that you can choose to change very quickly. Mm-hmm. And we've fallen into this place as a society where it's almost like we can't speak facts because it might hurt people's feelings or it might be taken the wrong way. But at the end of it all, you know that Becca and I love research. We love evidence. We love facts. And this is where you know a lot of things we share on a podcast may not sit well with some people, especially on Friday fires, but we're just sharing the facts because if we constantly live in if we constantly live in a state of where we're just letting our emotions drive our actions, we're not going to get very far. Because as I posted about this week, seven out of 10 times that I go to the gym, it's not because I'm super excited to go or really, really want to go. It's because I'm following my routine and I'm staying disciplined. And I don't think a lot of people have that. I think our society has gotten soft and we give ourselves grace too much and we let you know our emotions drive our decisions. Yeah. 
And I think when it comes to like when it comes to changing your life, that's what we want to kind of talk about today. I think that you can use this in a lot of different areas of the world today, of life. But when it comes to changing your life in terms of your health, when it comes to like addressing the real things that are standing in your way and the solutions that are going to actually work, if you want to truly improve things, you need to learn to push feelings aside and focus on the facts. And this is not to say that things won't contain emotion, um, because I think that that's, that's obviously like naive and false, that you won't feel certain emotions. You will likely feel a lot of emotions when trying to do this. You'll feel frustration. You'll feel overwhelmed. You'll feel sadness, desperation, denial, anger, but hopefully also positive emotions. But like, be aware that your answer to your problem is in the facts. It is not in your emotions. The emotions are where we get lost. We lose our way. We find justifications. We find excuses. And so like, Liz was talking about with the workouts, we know the facts are we need to work out. But the emotions, we feel tired, we feel overwhelmed with what to do, we feel frustrated with how out of shape we are, and working out feels hard. Those are emotions. Those are all emotions. You can try to argue that some of them are facts, but in reality, they are pure emotions that you feel. Not to say that you aren't real with those emotions, like that they aren't happening, but they aren't the facts. The facts are that you need to work out to see the progress that you want. You need to work out even though you're tired sometimes. You need to push yourself harder than you probably ever pushed yourself in the past to continue to see progress and continue to see that change that you want to see. And the more deep you get into this journey, the harder you have to work. That is the, that's, that's one of the hardest realizations. When you are in this journey, it doesn't always get easier. It gets harder in ways. You get stronger, in my opinion. You get mentally stronger dealing with those things. But the, the physical abilities and the physical exertion and the choices, those become harder in my experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the other thing too, when we talk about workouts, like the fact of the matter is if you're in a place where you're overweight, maybe you're in a disease state, you're struggling with an autoimmune condition, you can do a lot of work with your nutrition. You can change everything with nutrition, but what you can't change is how you move every single day. We know that moving and exercising is a measure to prevent these health issues. And so if we're not doing anything right now and you say, well, I'm just going to change my food or I'm just going to go keto or do this very restrictive diet and you're not going to address your movement, you're not going to get as far as you possibly could because you need to be strength training. You need to be resistance training. You need to get your blood flowing. If you want to support blood sugar levels, you need to be walking a couple different times a day. We always say that's one of the best ways for you to manage blood sugar is to walk after your meals. And a lot of people just think, well, I'll do this, but I won't do that. Like you've seen probably on Instagram or TikTok, a lot of these coaches out there that are showing these different reels of, you know, I'm all serious in January. I want to work out and I want to lose weight, but they won't change their quality of food or they won't go into a deficit they need to and adhere to it consistently, or they won't go and move their body and work out because it's just too hard. I don't have time. There's all these different excuses and rationalizations that people will make. But the reality is these things go hand in hand. You can only go so far with certain things with nutrition. If you're battling insulin resistance, you need to be training four or five days a week and it needs to become non-negotiable. You can go keto, but at the end of the day, that's not going to solve all of the problems if we are sedentary and we're sitting and we're not making movement a priority. And those are just the facts. 
right? And so we have to overcome the emotional state of maybe I don't like working out. Okay, well then change the type of movement modality that you're choosing to do and find something that makes you tick. Go for a walk, find a better place to walk or a hike or join a gym. Find something that you can somewhat enjoy. Because I've heard that from a lot of people. It's like, I just don't like exercise. I just don't like have time to go to the gym and spend two hours. You don't have to spend two hours. Heck, if you started with 20 to 30 minutes, that's better than nothing. And again, Mm -hmm. those are the facts. But you've got to overcome that emotional state and shift that emotional state into I'm going to take control. And no matter what day it is that maybe like I don't feel like it, I'm going to get up and do the things that I need to do because I have this goal of becoming a healthier person and losing the weight and reversing this disease. Mm -hmm. And I think what a lot of times what you will see with like clients and coaches is a client hires a coach and then they try to start bending the rules around what they feel they should do. Mm-hmm. It's like a coach might tell you, I need you to, I need you to start strength training if you want to see this physical body composition change. And the client's like, well, I don't really like strength training and I don't really have time to go to the gym. So maybe I'll just do this, you know, at home video for 20 minutes with my five pound dumbbells. And it's like, okay, but you're not going to see the same results that I'm telling you, you will see if you do what I'm asking you. Like you guys, those are the facts. That's what I think a lot of people let those emotions. They let the things that they don't want to do get in the way and paralyze them. And it keeps them stuck and they create stories and they create narratives and their entire lives basically never end up getting to where they want to be because they, they cannot remove the emotion and look at purely the facts. And you guys listen, We're not saying to be like this unemotional robot that just never feels anything like emotions are real. They are always going to be there, too. And I think that they can be very important. It helps us gauge our current state. You know, it helps us gauge what like reactions and responses we have to things. But what we are saying is that you are if you are constantly struggling to stay on task, if you are constantly struggling to accomplish a goal that you have, it is likely you are letting your emotions drive you. So how do you remove emotions? In my opinion, you act. Mm -hmm. You act quickly and you do not think. And this works in certain areas. Like for me, getting out of bed in the morning. I don't want to get out of bed in the morning. It's cold in my garage. I don't want to get up and try and move my body in challenging ways. I never, you guys, I never do. Like, yeah, sometimes I get excited to work out because I like lifting. But like no part of me this morning enjoyed being completely out of breath with my hands on my knees after my barbell cycling. I hate barbell cycling, but I had to do it this morning. I know it's really beneficial to me and what I want to accomplish with my fitness, but I didn't want to do it this morning, but I pushed myself. And at the end of that workout, I was very happy that I did it. I had to remove the emotions of, I don't want to do this right now. I want to stay in my bed. I want to sleep more. I want to be warm under the covers. And I had to remove that emotion. And I had to look at the facts. What's going to get me the results that I want right now? doing the hard thing. And so it's the five, four, three, two, one, the Mel Robbins five second rule is very helpful in this. And I think the other part that we have to look at is like, okay, say you don't want to cook. You don't want to make your food at home. You just want to go out to eat. That's your emotion. I'm tired. It's been a long day at work. I just want to stop and get dinner for my family. I don't want to have to cook. You have to remove the emotions and the thoughts by setting yourself up better so that it's not even a choice so that you have the food in in your house, so that you have the plan to make it, so that you're getting ahead of the emotions that you know will be there. And I think that's what most people don't do. They don't set themselves up properly. They don't challenge themselves in those moments. They let the thoughts start to come into the head. They let the justification start to happen. And then they never end up doing the things that feel hard. Yep. And in my opinion, it's a choice. 
You choose what your emotional state is. You choose how these emotions control you. You can either choose to change it and reframe it and say, I don't enjoy cooking, but I'm going to become better at it because I know that it's what makes me feel good. And I'm going to look at all of the positives, right? I can control the food that I put in my mouth, all the ingredients. I can hit my intake goals better because I'm manipulating one ingredient food groups here. can reduce inflammation. I can have better energy, less brain fog right? This is one thing that I think there's so many people who say, I don't like to cook or I'm not a good cook. And that's a label that you place on yourself. Mm -hmm. You identify as that person. So take this emotion and turn it into something different and say, I'm going to accept this challenge. I'm going to do the hard things and I'm going to get better and better at this over time. And before you know it, it's just second nature for you to scroll Pinterest on Friday night, get the groceries in the house, try a couple of new meals you know, each week and to have non-negotiables. Like you guys have heard Beck and I talk all the time about non-negotiables. Like we don't go out to eat more than twice a week. So this is my husband last night. I told Beck, I was like, you know, he wants to go try this new place with our friends. It was a Tuesday night. I'm like, we really don't need to do this. Let's yeah. shift it. Let's go on Saturday. We've already gone out to eat once this week on Sunday. And so we don't need to go out again. And it's just reminding yourself of why this is important to me. Going out to eat doesn't serve my goals. No matter even if I'm choosing better options, they're still cooking with inflammatory oils. And I feel that digestively. Anytime I go out to eat, even if I chose a steak salad, for example, like I feel the inflammatory oils that they cook with compared to when I'm eating at home and I'm using Kerrygold grass-fed butter that is not inflammatory. And so at the end of the day, you get to choose how you respond to these emotions and how you can reframe them. Because again, they are a state of mind. They are moment in time. The way that they spiral is because of the rationalizations and the stories that you tell yourself between your ears. You can get yourself out of a negative emotional state just as fast as you can put yourself there. you know. And so this is where instead of saying, I don't want to work out, I don't want to cook, I don't want to X, Y, Z, use that 54321, start to put a plan in place and act. Take action. It gets easier and easier over the over time. And think this is where, you know, people just give up when they hit that resistance point because you will hit the point of resistance. You might felt have felt motivated January 1st to go to the gym. And now we're in the third week of January and you're kind of, you know, feeling like that motivation is weaning, or maybe your muscles are really sore and you're like, I don't know that I can go back and keep doing this. This is too hard. Snap out of it, babe. <laughs> you got to keep moving forward and you have to take control of those thoughts and start utilizing your discipline muscle. Because if you don't, you will continue to stay stuck and stay st- stuck in this cycle of not ever hitting your goals like Becca mentioned before. Mm-hmm. And I think people give themselves too many options. They're like, I'm going to try and work out tomorrow. Do not say the word try, you guys. You are automatically giving yourself an out. Well, I tried. What did that try look like? Did it mean setting the alarm and then hitting the snooze button and going back to sleep? That was your try. Did it mean maybe you got up, but then you felt really tired, so you got back to bed? Like, we cannot give ourselves these options. It needs to become, like Liz said, a non-negotiable. That's one thing that I've realized within this past. I've been doing this little 45-day commitment challenge to myself to where I'm doing these different tasks every day. I'm reading certain pages of a book. I'm studying for 15 minutes. I go for at least a 15 minute weighted walk. I have 45 minutes of movement every day. And it's not even a choice. I just, I do it. There's no other option. 
And if my day doesn't go how I planned it to go, I make it work otherwise. Like if I wanted to do my walk at a certain time and then a meeting gets scheduled or something happens and takes up that time, I do it once Nick gets home and he can watch the kids. Like it is always pivoting to figure out how to make my day work to do the things that I've said I'm going to do. And it's not even an option to say no. And I think too many, too many things in our lives, we just give ourselves that option. Nah, it didn't work out today. The day didn't go exactly how I wanted it to. When does the day ever go exactly how you want it to? Please let me know because I, I'm obviously not figuring something out, out that everyone else has figured out with how to make their days go exactly how they want them to. With two small children, never ever in my life, never yet in the past three years has my day gone exactly how I wanted it to. <laughs> and so we need to understand the stress is always going to be there. And we are humans. We are going to choose the path of least resistance if we give ourselves that path. But you want to accomplish something really great, especially when it comes to your health, you have to remove emotion. I've been listening to David Goggins' book, um, Can't Hurt Me. He's a such very well-known motivational book. speaker. He's a Navy SEAL. And he, I mean, he's a little rough around the edges, but like he has the right to be. He has had a very challenging upbringing. Read the book. It's incredible. And he, the most recent part that I've listened to, he's like, I used to be fat. And he's like, and you know, it's so ridiculous. All these, there's, if you're fat, you're fat. Like, don't be upset about it. Look in the mirror and accept the facts and then do something about those facts. If you're not happy, if you're not happy, it is your fault. That is your choice. You're making choices that are making you unhappy. And then, although, yeah, kind of harsh, like also truth. Also mm -hmm. facts. We need to look at the facts. We need to, if we are not happy right now, putting action into place to cure the emotions. That is where people disconnect this. They think this is making me miserable. No, what you are going to do and what you're going to commit to is going to cure those negative emotions that you feel because the action that you take place will help you. It will help you start to gain control over those emotions and take back your life again. And that is the beauty of it. Although it seems mundane, it seems boring, it seems almost kind of like military Military to think like, just look at the facts. I don't know. Military is pretty effective at what they do, I would say. I don't think that anybody who's ever achieved anything great went solely off their emotions. No. They probably laid out the facts, they put a plan in place, and they showed up no matter how they felt. I also don't believe that anybody great has ever sugarcoated anything, right, to other people. Or if you've hired a coach and they just kept saying like, great job, Becca, you tried again this week and I'm glad that you got 10 more minutes of moving in in the last seven days. Great job. Yes, on one hand, you did better than you did the last week. But on the other hand, if you're doing that day in and day out, week in and week out, month in and month out, year in and year out, you might need to take a hard look in the mirror and check the facts and find somebody that's going to call you on your shit. Why aren't you following through with the things that you said you were going to follow through with? If you're unhappy with the results, you got to start looking at the facts. And the facts might be that we're not putting in enough effort that we need in order to get the results that we desire. And so we understand this This might sound harsh, but you guys know from listening to The Food Code, we want you to succeed. We want you to level up your life. We want you to have the desires of your heart fulfilled and get to that place that you are living happy, healthy, and confident. And sometimes, and this is coming from personal experience for me, you have to take that hard look in the mirror and you have to look at the facts and you have to look at the data and analyze, was I as consistent as I thought I was? 
did I show up to every workout or did I make excuses? Work got busy. I was extremely tired. I overslept. I didn't have time. My husband was gone and I had to take care of the kids. Guys, I'm going to be the first one to tell you, and Becca, I'm sure would second this. There have been many times since having Marcus that I've had to pivot and adjust and do a workout at home or keep Marcus entertained while I did a workout. Just any type of movement is better than no movement. But in, you know, instead, most people just make the excuse and say, well, the kids' activities are getting in my way. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, guys, we can also choose and change those things and pivot around it and adjust. It might not be a 45-minute strength training workout. It might look like you went for a walk in the 20-degree weather while your child was at jujitsu. Like it might look like that sometimes, but that mm-hmm. that walk is much better than sitting in your car scrolling on social media. Because it adds up, guys. This is we look at things in isolation. We look at things in, oh, in this moment, a walk doesn't feel like much. But what if you look at past the past three months, maybe? Past three months, you have chosen that walk. You have chosen that at-home body weight workout instead of the workout at the gym. And you've gotten an extra 10 to 15 workouts in because of that. And because of those workouts, you've made better food choices after those workouts. And you decided to go home and cook the healthy dinner because you made the healthy choice for yourself. Now we're looking at 10 to 15 meals that you've made improvements Mm -hmm. upon. And you decided to be nicer to your kids because you went to go and go on that walk for yourself versus sitting in the car and scrolling social media and feeling inadequate after scrolling social media because of all the people that show their highlight reels of their lives and make them feel like they're so much better than you. And then you go and yell at your kids because you're upset because you don't feel good about yourself. You guys, this is such a trickle effect. And this can be another Friday fire now that I'm getting down this Mm -hmm. ramp road. But you guys, it is a trickle effect. It accumulates. You have to look at not just these things in isolation, but how they can affect your entire life. And when you start to look at that and you start to look at how can this change my life? How can this one decision look at other decisions to change my life? You start to see the bigger picture. And when you can see the bigger picture, the choices become a little bit easier. But in the moment, sometimes we have to say, screw you emotions. You are, rea- you are reactive right now. You are responsive. You are not real. You are simply what I'm feeling. But what I actually need to be doing is different than what my emotion is telling me. Because I would argue that if you feel emotions are that helpful, how is it working out for you? How are your emotions working out for driving your life? I have a feeling probably not great. And so maybe we need to start looking at more of the facts. Maybe we need to start looking at more of what truly the facts are of what needs to happen and start maybe just pushing those emotions to the side sometimes. We're not saying ignore them, but maybe they need to go. Maybe they need to go wait in the corner while we go push this workout. Maybe they need to come back later and see how we feel later after we've done what we said we were going to do. So just a little food for thought on this Friday. Sometimes we got to take facts over emotions. Thank you for listening to The Food Code. If this episode resonated with you, please share, rate, and review as this helps us reach others around the world. With that, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Love you guys.